Hello, listeners, and welcome to yet another episode of EdgeGuard Podcast, a po- uh, podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. My name is Jordan. I'm joined, as always, uh, by my co-host and good, good friend, Blake. Hello. Uh, Blake is here with me uh, to talk about something a little bit different. Uh, today, we are playing not a game, but a game anthology. Uh, so it's called... Uh, a haunted PS1 demo disc 2020. Um, you may you may have heard about this. It's got a little bit of uh, traction on the you know games Twitter. But um, th- this game is basically like uh, um, uh, taking after uh, ye old demo discs of yore. Uh, you know, an institution of uh, games past. Uh, <laughs> games culture past. You wouldn't even know, Jordan. You it's true. Even... We talked about this last time that I, ne- I don't yes. think I ever played a demo disc. Demo disc I, poser. I just, it missed me. Uh, but this one is basically um, uh, 17 uh, games, uh, some of which are true demos for games that already exist, some of which are kind of like uh, like progress reports for games that are currently in development. Um, some of which are, oh, really? I, th- I think, are kind of like standalone. Most bits. of the things I played felt like pretty complete, or at least like they were complete sections of a of a game. I guess I, I well, I yeah, sure they, they did feel the like extent- complete sections, but there, I played one that specifically said it's still. In, it was like follow the development on Patreon. Oh, um, okay. At the end, that's uh, interesting because that was actually going to be a criticism of mine, but we can get to that later. Um, but, uh, so it doesn't have one creator. It actually has 17 creators cause all the games are made by uh, different yeah. people. So, um, we, th- this is going to be a little more ad hoc than some of our previous episodes. <laughs> we're kind of, we're kind of just going to talk about, uh, the games that we, we got to, I think all of us or all of us, I think both of us scrolled through, um, you know, our eyes passed through all 17 games, but we probably only played, uh, uh, a meaningful amount of um, of not the not all of them. So we're gonna talk yeah. about this kind of like as an anthology and and what's going on with it. And then also, uh, hopefully, I want to talk a little bit about uh, just like this format. Uh, it's, sure. I thought it was an interesting uh, way to handle uh, uh, you know uh, indie game designers. These are you know people who um, are mostly very very like edge game designers. A few people uh-huh. who are trying to get funding on Patreon. A few people who. Uh, are just kind of like designing on their own. There's at least one person that is a game dev professor. Um, so, oh, uh, really? That's yeah. funny. All right. Well, before we get into that, um, I'm gonna pull up the credits here for the game to uh, shout out the, um, the organizers. The people I don't who really sort know of organize this. Yeah, yeah uh, curators. Yeah. Let's say curators. Uh, yeah, that seems right. Organized by Brogan Hackett and Bryce Booker. And then uh, those, it seems like they're kind of the main two. And then there was a few other uh, like sound effects and uh, disked uh, or like art and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So check those people out. I would spell them for you, but they've already scrolled by on the credits and I, I can't pause them. <laughs> uh, and then we can talk about uh, individual creators uh, yeah, uh, we once go. we cover those games. But, uh, but, but before we start with that, I do want to sort of talk about like the, the general demo disc uh, format and, um, and how it's sort of used here to present this collection of games. Um, do you want to start? Do you have thoughts? So we talked a little bit last time. You alluded to this earlier at the end of last episode about how you 
didn't actually know really what a demo disc was. Well, you know, uh, it's kind of clear in the title of, you know, a demo disc, a disc of demos. Uh, but sure. I, I don't know. I, I didn't have any personal experience of demo discs. I did some Googling, yeah. but you know, it was about what I expected. Uh, but it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't pull on the game nostalgia heartstrings in quite the way that I imagine it does for you. Yeah. Well, it's interesting <laughs> because, uh, I have a lot of, uh, demo disc experience, you're a connoisseur. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't know about that, <laughs> but um, I definitely I was a, scri- a subscriber to uh, official Xbox magazine for a time, and those came with a, a demo disc. That was a, a, sort of in the later. I mean, that was like Xbox 360 era. But I also um, was a uh, my older cousin had a PlayStation One, and when the PlayStation Two came out, uh, he kept all his games, obviously because. Uh, it was backwards compatible but he Uh, he gave me his uh his old playstation he gave me a few game like one or two but what i mostly got were a bunch of demo discs that he had collected over the years and so uh a lot of my experience playing my own playstation one which really didn't get played all that much was just playing these like toys r us demo discs and some games i would play the demos over and over other games i wouldn't play them at all because they looked scary or weird and then uh yeah that was basically <laughs> my experience with uh demo discs i mean i had some later on in like this sort of uh ps2 era uh where i'd go get them from like toys r us or uh i remember i think like pizza hut would uh you could like get a demo disc with your pizza that was weird oh man you know that that Dude. reminds me of it's not quite the same as a demo disc but did uh-huh. you ever play the uh Checks, King games checks game. oh checks quest no. checks quest oh my god dude that game was incredible it was basically doom it was just doom it was literally a doom wad it was wasn't it yeah uh i'm pretty well, sure it was in like the doom engine like the id tech I, I don't know if it literally I, it probably was because i mean it, it is like seriously just like reskinned doom uh, yeah but man that game was dope dude you had like a like a plasma spoon that you used to kill the monsters that were trying to I don't. I think you were a checks. It was very. The lore was very unclear, but that yeah. game was great. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's sort of like uh, one thing in a line of, uh, or maybe not even a line. Yeah, this, okay. I'm looking. This was id tech one, so it was literally just a full conversion. It says it is a total conversion of the more violent video game Doom. <laughs> Incredible. Um, but uh, anyway, it was like I don't know. Branded video games uh, were definitely a thing i feel like it's a lot less common now i think games are just so expensive to make that it's hard i mean i guess there was that uh kfc uh uh dating sim that came out like wasn't that last year did you hear about this no that doesn't it was seem like, like a, a thing that the world needed no it certainly didn't it was like a visual <laughs> novel dating sim type game oh, no yeah and it's like it was kind of i think people didn't like it it was like fake anime uh and yeah it seemed it seemed terrible but uh i mean i th- I think the real reason why it, it existed you know in like the 90s and you know the sort of like uh i mean yeah part of it is it, it was probably practically easier to remake a game like that but also i just think it's like the games are in a very different like cultural position and it's like they're totally like fringe and game studios are just trying to get money from wherever and so it's just like a you know wild west of like yeah give us money we'll stick a checks on it uh yeah and and that was just sort of the the situation it was in sure 
Uh, anyway, sort of a tangent there, but demo discs sort of sat in this weird thing where it was like, you know, plays or Toys R Us will give you a free demo disc. And hopefully when you decide to buy, if you decide to buy one of the games that you play there, you'll buy it from Toys R Us. And sometimes they would have like specific uh, like screen being like, oh, get them at Toys R Us or um, I re- the thing I remember really vividly that none of the things here did is that it would be like after you got done with each demo, then it would have this splash screen of like, mm-hmm. here's what the full game will look like. It's like, yeah, uh, it's got so-and-so many levels, intense, exciting action and, yeah. uh, and that sort of thing. And also, uh, another thing, these are like really kind of nitpicky complaints. Uh, <laughs> there's no extras. There's no like weird dumbass, uh, like, uh, Y2K aesthetic, uh, you know, interviews with uh, developers with spiky hairs <laughs> oh, uh, sit in front of a <laughs> come on, man. That's the that's that good uh, demo disc stuff is uh, is ridiculous. Yeah, you, uh, wanted, videos. you wanted one of the creators to like record themselves with frosted yeah. tips. Hair well, and- uh, what I really wanted, I don't know if any of the games that I didn't play did this, but uh, like some like how different games handled their demo was totally different. So like some games it was just like, all right, here's a level of the game, like Metal Gear Solid. Here's the first level play until you get to a certain part and then yeah. you get cut off. Uh, other games were just like, here's a timer. Go nuts until the timer ends. Yeah, that, uh, there was and, one game I played in this. that was time. It was timer based. Oh, it was. OK, I yeah. didn't find that. I was like, there needs to be one with the timer to be uh, okay. authentic. I'll tell you about uh, that. one. All right. Then. That makes me that makes me happy. Okay. Uh, but anyway, demo discs are just a weird yeah artifact. One, one reason also that just occurred to me of why demo discs aren't a thing anymore is like the function uh-huh. they serve is now served by YouTube, right? Like streamers, yeah, f- kinda fulfill the or like YouTube the reason and Twitch. why. That's really the broader reason why demos in general aren't a thing anymore. Like no sure like overwhelmingly games don't give you a demo option. Uh, some yeah. subscription based games will give you a free trial, but. Uh, the it the really the way they get you to to you know dip your toes in it is just watch someone else play it and since that's so re- readily available yeah i um, mean there's there's a lot of different like vectors that are sort of have sort of replaced the demo disc just because they're more efficient and obviously the most glaring thing is that they don't have to like produce a uh physical, physical disc, disc yeah which is obviously yeah, expensive. well there could be, still be a demo download yeah um, and also you don't have to be like working through a third party, like a retailer to get your game out there. You can just have yeah, a steam page. True, true. I do think, I do, I do think the demo is like a, sadly a dying, uh, art form. I think demos are, demos are cool. It's, it's fun to, you yeah. know, get your hands on a game, feel it for yourself before you play it for real. But also, like you said, there's sort of like Twitch and YouTube and also there's the sort of like, uh, beta quote unquote beta. Cause it's not really a beta. It's basically just like load test our servers for us and uh play the game two weeks before it comes out or uh or there's also sort of like the steam free weekends well that where they'll have um you know multiplayer games for free so you can play them for a couple of days um but i do miss i do miss demos there were definitely games that i purchased because of uh i played the demos on a on a demo disc and it's like Hmm. this is that good shit mom take me to the best buy (laughs) Uh, anyway, with that, right, there's yeah, my let's, s- let's, spiel about demo disc. Yes, thank you. I um, I knew that I I knew we needed to give you that uh, that space to, to. I needed to be free from the prison yes. that my older cousin trapped me in <laughs> by giving me. Yes, like I eight hope demo I hope that this was a a cathartic uh, developmental experience for you and that you've grown as a person. Yeah, I think I can finally give my cousin a hug again. <laughs>
it's um, a joke. Love, love you can finally accept a hug from your cousin. Yeah, Real yeah maybe. Um, okay, so uh, let's just kind of go into it um, with games we're talking about. So there's at least one game that we both played some amount that I know um, that I wanted to start with just for that reason, and then we can kind of mm. like uh, diverge um, uh, from there. But uh, so one of the games that I played to completion was Effigy. Mm. Uh, you said you didn't play to completion, but uh, I I was uh, mostly very impressed with that game. Uh, it's basically mm. like a retro shooter that is designed to be. I mean, it it sort of evokes um, a little evocative of Doom, but really just like '90s shooters in general. Mm-hmm. It's a little um, more Quake to me. Sure, that seems right. Um, but you know, you move super fast. You, you whenever you jump, it's like ugh. Uh, you. Uh, uh, Shoot guns. You shoot guns, and the enemies also move very fast. Um, mm. uh, but I felt like I don't know. I I really enjoyed it. I uh, I it felt very um, very clean. And mm. um, uh, the the one complaint I had is I did feel like it needed a option to change the mouse sensitivity. But that's in oh, part yeah. just because I have a crazy low sensitivity. And huh. uh, but interesting i played this game and it uh left no real impression on me uh, so i was interested when you were like you should play this one it's really sweet because well, i already far, played how far it into it did you get uh, so you, you got to play until you get another gun because yeah i mean i definitely i had the shotgun and the assault rifle oh you never got to the um, laser though no so you get a laser but, that bounces off walls and you can shoot people around corners Oh, that does uh, sound kind of fun. But I don't know. I just I felt it was kind of par for the course. The uh, the movement and sort of jumping around didn't feel uh, enough to me. It, it yeah, wasn't yeah. enough to keep me like sure. you know engaged with it. You know, it's no devil daggers. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's uh, fair. <laughs> I mean, I do think that it uh, it had like I think one thing that is sort of uh, universal across these uh, games, and I assume this was. Uh, part of or a big part of the curation work was that they all do really capture the the playstation one aesthetic i i I want to i want to figure out what it is exactly and i don't know if like all these people are just like uh trading the same filter that they're uh that (laughs) someone made in unity or something or um i think a few of the games were actually unreal but um there's this thing with like playstation one games where the like the 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 textures have like this sort of like crawling that they do it's like uh there there's like an unsettledness yeah. like as you move and then you stop moving it's like the the textures kind of like the pixels kind of like have to slide into where they're supposed to be it's got this it's this really weird thing that i think actually um plays into uh like why horror games are really effective uh like on the PlayStation 1 and using um this sort of like faux PlayStation one aesthetic is that uh, it get, sort of gives you the impression that like you can't trust what you're looking at. Like everything has this yes. sort of like unsettled quality. That's why and it's, also so it's really grainy. Creepy, so you, dude, I, you can't the, pick out quite what everything is. Yeah. I think it, it works really well to the favor of basically all of these games, all horror games. Yeah. I mean, so the thing that I immediately thought of was a game we played uh, before uh, paratopic. Remember this game? Yeah. Uh, also ps1 setting it's like the first time when in the podcast we were like you know there are all these retro 8-bit games where are the retro uh you know uh playstation early, 1 games you know early 3d games, yeah yeah uh-huh. and now <laughs> we, here we, we are have discovered two them. years here later they are. 
inundated uh, with them. And I know I'm not mad. I like I'm it. not either. I it's great. It. Um, but yeah, there's um, something about the 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 graininess uh, in general is a little creepy. It's sort of like similar to like uh, how a lot of um, you know sometimes um, f- horror films will use like uh, VHS graininess as an effect to make things a little more creepy and unsettling. You know, uh-huh. anything from just like a security camera shot to a uh, to the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, um, found footage is found uh, footage. what people tend to call those types mm-hmm. of films. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely uh, some, there's an effect to be uh, gained from uh, shooting or having your film sort of exist within itself <laughs> and uh, yeah. have the, <laughs> the medium on which it was recorded or the simulated medium more accurately uh, sort of, uh, you know, reflect things about it or uh, play into the, to the creepiness. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's, it is almost always a horror thing. I guess there's that chronicle that like superhero movie that was a found footage movie. Um, yeah. But even that had that? some like, I guess it creepy. didn't have any horror moments, but it has some creepy yeah. moments. Yeah. It's definitely I did watch dark. Um, um anyway well i mean all this to say part of it is just because of the the like theme of the found footage right like why else are you watching found footage other than everyone died (laughs) listen why don't we just have like a nice wholesome family movie where it's just like hey we're all sitting around the tv to watch a family movie (laughs) and here's our here's our camping trip from uh, you know what uh stop the podcast i i gotta write this down my script isn't coming uh right in your um, anyway, I did back so to actually, effigy. Then, okay, or, so or back to the back to haunted PS1 demo disc. Anyways, I did okay. you. I can't. I did encounter this once. But another thing uh-huh. about Paratopic that it does that's very well for the PlayStation aesthetic is the faces. You know, they oh, just look freaking creepy. Uh-huh. Uh, sure. I did find at least one game that did the sort of like PlayStation One. I forget what it's called, but when it's just a photograph. Yeah, uh, on a face, but then they use a texture they, slapped on someone's face. Yes, on like you, a you do try to like mold polygon. it a little bit. Um, oh god, uh, I'm glad I didn't play that one because I, I it didn't was see it was literally one, one character and it wasn't a very large part of the game. Uh, yeah, but dread delusion. So I guess you didn't mm, play this one because this is also the one that has the timer. Uh, ah, yes, I did not play this. Well, no, I did not play it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that game. I, I recommend you play. It was great. It's um. Or at least it was, uh, it definitely hooked me and made me intrigued to see where the story goes. I would describe it as Dark Souls as an exploration game rather than as like an action RPG. Like it has the same sort of like, like mood of like this huge sprawling abandoned kingdom where you're like Mm. wandering around and, uh, and, um, after and, oh, and lots of undead. Uh, so that was the first thing I, I, uh, thought about and very intriguing. It, uh, has sort of like a lot of, um, like embedded narratives where people's like journals are left behind and it's clear that there's some sort of, uh, a plot that's going to develop. I think there is going to be huh. combat in the real version, but there were these sure. like creepy skeleton ghosts that were wandering around, uh, that just ignored me, but I like, hmm. they seemed like the kind of thing that in a final version would try to kill you. Yeah. Sounds interesting. I I'll have to go back in and check it out. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's see what. Well, let's see what game I want. All right. Killer bees, Jordan. Oh, I couldn't play. I knew I wouldn't be able to just from looking at the the little like trailer. I don't do well with horror movies already, uh-huh. and horror games yeah. I think are a little scarier. Uh, sure. So I I had to take it. 
I had to tread lightly in this entire demo disc uh, because. Sure. Uh, but that one, well, looked, it looked good. It looked like it was well, well made. Yeah, but it, it, it really used seemed like it used the um, the grainy effect to uh, limit how far you can see. And the claustrophobic yeah. effect in video games always like freaks me out. Like games when mm -hmm. stuff is like attacking you from the side. I'm like always frantically looking left and right. Anytime I walk into a uh, new hall hallway. So sure. Uh, yeah yeah it's it's pretty good um i i would say like yeah they that was that was the game for me that while i was playing it that's when the the sort of thing i was talking about with like the pixels settling in and how uneasy that is uh that's where i sort of that clicked for me because it's uh like you mentioned it's a very like closed off environment and the it's really dark you have a little flashlight yeah. but it might as well it basically just like lights up the gun in front of you but um it's it's a little bit goofy you're like walking around uh, in like it's a it's about as linear as linear can be it's just like a, a basically a a series of hallways and rooms that just like follow in a straight line there's no offshoots it's like there's one way to go and that's the way to go so you kind of just keep moving and at first you're just sort of like walking around and um there's you're just kind of looking and then you eventually pick up a gun and then you pick up bullets and like the ui shows up and there are three bars you don't really know what they mean at first but they have a i think they're like chinese characters or japanese characters um, some sort mm. of Asian, uh, more complicated, uh, symbols that are like, uh, here's what these bars are. I'm like, I don't know what those are. <laughs> uh, I eventually figured out one of them is your health. One of them is your bullets. And I think the other one's like your stamina anyway. Um, and mm. then eventually you get to, uh, shoot something, which is, uh, killer bees. So this is where the game does have a, a little bit, uh, it was a little bit disappointing is it's basically like a swarm of bees and you don't really have to aim. You just kind of have to like point in front of you and pull the trigger a bunch of times. So, uh, fighting the bees was not uh, particularly engaging, but they do deploy them, uh, kind of tactically as you're like moving through, uh, and they sort of build up the tension. They do a really good job with, uh, uh, having, you know, creepy little sound effects play around you or like, you know, the boards creak under you or they'll just be thumping along the walls or it'll feel like someone's following like kind of on the other side of the wall, like walking alongside you. And then uh, and then they'll sort of like you'll just hear the bees like buzzing in the distance and there's this kind of like creepy droney music that plays. It was definitely mm. the most scary game that I uh, that I played. Um which actually brings me to a point you had earlier, which is that um, you were kind of treading lightly with this game. Although I think I, uh, because it's scary, but I think part of this demo disc is there's a little bit of goofiness hidden in here too. Oh, and some totally. of the games are like a lot more goofy and they're like kind of creepy goofy, um, but still goofy. There was that game uh, Neko Yume. Did you play that at all? That yeah, was weird. I, I did play it a little bit. Uh, that's the I one. did not understand it. Did I you get any either. cats? I did not get any cats. I couldn't I, okay. handle it. Did you play that one with a controller? I did. The controls oh, okay. are terrible. Okay. It's probably better with a controller, but, but with the keyboard, you're just supposed to use the, you look around with the arrow keys and you move uh -huh. with WASD. I just yeah. Was like, well, I think, I think that's supposed to be uh, a specific, uh, like, uh, pull of, uh, the original PlayStation controller, which yeah, didn't which have, which only yeah. had uh or did it have no analog sticks or just one? I think it didn't I didn't the original PlayStation controller didn't have any analog was, sticks. Yeah, it was just a D-pad on each or not even um, a D-pad, just four buttons. Yeah, it's just a D-pad on one side and four buttons on the other. So I liked I liked uh, that it sort of emulated that. Um 
Yeah, that okay, was that, that was I funny mean, to that me. That's probably what it was what it was giving for. Also, the title uh-huh. I'm pretty sure is a play on Yume Nikki. Uh, uh, well, Neko means cat in Japanese. Uh, Yume, I don't actually know what Yume means. Um, but I, you might be right. I mean, it seems like it. I mean, I don't know what. I actually don't even know. Oh, Yume Nikki means dream diary. Um, so right, oh, it's Yume, cat dream then. Yeah, cat dream. All right. Well, there you go. Huh. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, so some of the games are definitely, like, more funny. I mean, e- even just... the trailer ha- has that uh, weird uh, pink skeleton. skeleton. Yeah, that's yeah. goofy. I was kind of surprised he didn't appear on the disc. I was, I was oh, wanting yeah. that guy to, like, pop out and be like, welcome to the demo disc. Because that's, like, yeah. for sure some PS1 demo disc shit where they have like a sexy lady or like a cool future <laughs> robot that and they like have this weird animation of them like here are all these cool games uh anyway um yeah I, what other I, goofy ones uh did goofy. you well, see the the ramen one i forgot what it's called i did i didn't play that one i didn't either did you? i was hoping you did uh, it's about a haunted ramen uh like mascot <laughs> Yeah, how about a uh, Sauna Two Thousand? Uh, also, didn't play, but saw. Oh, that oof. one's about f- being Finnish. Uh, it's a in Finnish. Fin- I thought you were Polish. In fin- Maybe no, you're right. It says Finland. He says, uh, uh, "Okay, like, let Finland become one with Finland, or something like that." So basically, uh, it's like it was actually quite enjoyable. It's like really goofy. You're like this. Um, I don't know. You're like a Finnish mountain man or something. And you just, it's <laughs> your, your guy just loudly talks to himself. He's just like, Oh, I, I mean, obviously he's speaking Finnish, so I don't know what he's saying, but it, it transcribes at the bottom. So you just be like, Oh, I need to get my ax and chop up some wood. He's like, Oh, I want to get the sauna going. <laughs> and it like, he sounds like that. Obviously he's not speaking English, but his voice is just like, and it's extremely loud. And so Incredible. it's like this kind of like idyllic, uh, or idyllic, idyllic, um, little shack on the side of a lake and you like go get your ax and you chop some logs. And then after a few minutes of like starting to go through the process of getting the sauna ready, there'll start to be moments where you're like turn and there'll be like a, some, some sort of thing moving around like at the edge of your screen or it'll like duck behind a building or something or uh, get obstructed from your view and then disappear uh, in these sort of like ratchet in frequency until uh, at the end, this game totally uh, uh, breaks through. This one was like the most, what the fuck like uh, killer bees was the most scary game that I played, but uh, uh, sauna 2000 was the most like, uh, what? Cause uh, at first it was like, Oh, this is actually very cheery. And I'm like, Oh, okay. It's starting to get a little creepy. And then it's like, Oh, this is really creepy. And then it just like pulls out all the stops and you get like teleported into like this hell dream and it's all psychedelic. Yeah. It was horrifying. What the hell dude? It was, it was trippy. So you get like followed. Eventually you get, it's like a, it's like a dog man with an ax. Uh, you get to the point where you've like uh, gone to the lake and got buckets of water to fill the, uh, um to fill the sauna you've like chopped up the wood put it in there dumped out the ashtray and it's like ah i need to find matches and you walk around and you they're not anywhere i as far as i know there are no matches and so you just keep looking around and then eventually like from out of the woods comes this like dog man with an axe and he just like runs at you and your character's like 
oh, what the shit? Oh, we got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and then as the dog man is about to hit you with the axe, then it just like cuts to black. And then it's just like, after that, you get like teleported to this hallway and there's like dead corpses and like blood everywhere. And then you like walk into a room and there's like a kid sitting on the floor playing a PlayStation. And what's on the screen is what you're seeing. So as you move the camera around, you can see the screen oh, changing weird. Uh, and then you like walk around some more and it, it still has says like find matches at the top of the screen. And then eventually, uh, there an axe appears in your hand and there's a person kind of like running away from you and you uh, run at them and kill them. Wow. Yeah, dude, it was pretty good. It it definitely like, uh, does a really good job of like, at first you're like, ah, this is goofy. I'm comfortable. And then as it like, it, it gets the the tension comes in slowly because also the sun is uh, setting as you're sort of like getting this. So it's slowly getting like darker and darker until yeah, you get, uh, and transported into hell dimension i guess but uh that one was that one was pretty good i i almost didn't play the one i played that one last um because i'm like oh that one's just gonna be a silly one but it was it was it was definitely worth it wrong um Uh okay one i won i was curious if you played uh because i was too scared to finish it but i wanted to know how it ends uh Uh heartworm did you play Uh this one oh damn okay so this is one that is um it's sort of like uh a bit like silent hill um mm. uh, uh oh, this one had like, like the resident evil cameras right yes where it's like oh, static yes, yes, yes. cameras uh-huh. uh, does silent hill do that too the the like cinematic probably probably camera? the first one I, i've never played okay it. um yeah it's uh you start so i when i first booted it up and saw that it was fixed camera i was immediately like oh god that's gonna be horrible but they actually did a pretty <laughs> yeah. good job of it i i pull it, uh the amount i got through i didn't really have any navigation problems so it wasn't, um, you know, it's an infamously uh, tricky uh, interface to use, but I, I did, I actually thought they did a pretty good job, job of it. Um, but mm-hmm. you, you play as this, uh, this woman who lives alone in her apartment and like never leaves the apartment, uh, and she has some like uh, doctor's results sitting on the table, and you read them, and it says you're like diagnosed with all this like PTSD, depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. all these like. Uh, you clearly have all the good stuff some sort of trauma then right after you Mm -hmm. read that someone slips a vhs into your uh through the mail slot of your door and you Mm. you pick it up and you put it in the tv and then it it sort of like uh transports you into the scene of what it's showing as if you Mm. you were inhabiting it and you're you're in some uh uh it seems like maybe a memory or something like that your character sees a car and it's like why does this seem familiar to me uh, and then you uh, you see written on the on some boards in what looks like blood. Do you remember? And then there's like a dark path up to a dimly lit foggy house, and that's when I noped out of there. Uh, but I was, yeah. like, I was like, "Well, this seems yeah, really nope, interesting. This is too intense." <laughs> I bet. Huh. This, I bet this. I bet this game is very good. Uh, it seems um, intriguing and well thought out, but I, I was just like, huh. so I stopped and turned on, uh, turned on all the lights in my yeah. <laughs> apartment. Um, there you but, go. Yeah, I was, I was, it was still uh, daylight when I was playing and uh, <laughs> I had lights on, so it wasn't, I didn't get too spooked by the, any of these. The sun went down while I was playing. Uh, ah, there you go. Uh, just like you should have been playing Sauna 2000. Oh yeah. Have, uh, perfectly perfectly follow, embodied. follow the narrative arc. The Brilliant. finished sauna man. <laughs> um, 
All right, I did want to talk about my uh, my favorite game that I played from this collection. I hate to pick favorites, except for I don't. Uh, I played uh, Snowy Castle. Did you play oh, Snowy Castle? Oh, that was another one I almost played, but no, I didn't. Uh, Snowy Castle's name undersells it because Snowy Castle rules. So you're uh. like, I mean, it's a it's a pretty simple game, but basically you um, you spawn in this castle and there's just some text that's like I don't know. It says like uh, I don't remember what you're doing here. Anyway, light the candles. And then that just says zero out of 24. So you have like this little thing in your hand that flips open and it has like a flame that lights up. And then you uh, just wander around this castle and the surrounding grounds. And um, as you get close to candles, um, well, uh, first of all, the flame is only lit once you're within a certain proximity. And then once you get closer, you'll start hearing this sound. It's like, and the closer you get the louder it gets so that's kind of how you find them because mm. it's extremely dark you can't really see hardly 10 feet in front of you um and anyway you just a walk lot around of games this. are like that there's also the one skateboarding game did you play this orange Dude, county i i did play orange county S- same uh, thing you can barely see you five can't feet in see front shit. of you well, I mean, I think it's uh, supposed to be evoking PlayStation N64 era where, you know, draw distances for technical reasons had to be really short for your sure. game to, you know, early 3D engines. It was like, eh, we really can't show that much before the frame rate takes a big dive. Yeah. So, uh, so we're sure, going to sure. put some fog or make everything dark so that you can't see that far away from the camera. Anyway. You you um, just basically wander around this castle trying to find uh, trying to find candles, which doesn't sound that exciting. But I thought it did a really good job of being like kind of spooky and atmospheric, but it never felt scary. There are no enemies. There's no jump scares. Um, it's just kind of like foreboding. Uh, and I also really just liked the visual design and the sort of level design of the environment it had a very dark souls vibe where mm. you would um, go and you'd try and open a door and it wouldn't open. And then you'd go off somewhere else and you'd end up like looping back to that door and oh, from the okay. other side. And then you could open it from the other side and be like, ah, yes, I'm back here now. Um, and I mean, all you're doing is going around trying to find these candles Um and I ended up finding all of them. I was kind of sad. There was nothing happened at the end other than it's just like reset. So I was kind of sad. I thought there might be like after that, then like, you know, vampire Demo would come and kill me. Or, like, yeah, 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 that's true. Uh, but I thought it was really cool. It was like it very well executed for what it was. And I, I, like I said, the, the visual design of the, of the castle, um, the look of it, like, you know, and it's actually, it was quite a large area, um, that you were exploring. So I think that's part of what made it interesting is like, you know, you're walking through like the big surrounding woods and, uh, you can't see hardly anything in front of you. Um, and then you suddenly start hearing like, you have to go try and find the candle uh, using sound. Yeah. Huh. It was pretty cool. I like, I like that one a lot. Yeah, I yeah. did. I do remember seeing the title and being like, "That title's very literal." <laughs> yeah, it's it undersells the game for sure. I like Snowy Castle. Uh, um, also, by the way, just a, a quick shout out: if you want to uh, know who made any of these games, uh, if you check out the itch page for the uh, for the demo disc, it's got a link to all the games and their uh, well, creators. Either a link to the game itch page if it has one, or it's yeah. a link to the creator's Twitter if not. Yeah, yeah. So, um, definitely check those out because we have been failing to uh, mention them uh, with each game. But Snowy Castles by Donut Cove, Uh, and it's very funny to click on their 
uh, Twitter because it's like this colorful little looks like a caiman or uh, some sort of crocodile or alligator with a donut. Uh, <laughs> it's it's colorful and fun looking. Uh, definitely not as uh, you know kind of uh, spooky, unsettling as the um, as the game itself. But I that was my favorite of the games. Uh, hmm. Interesting. We, I might have played. to go back and check that one out because I remember being in. Intri- it was described as an exploration game, and I was like, I could do an exploration game right now. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have any uh, big scares, and like I think yes. once you play it, you'll. Oh, I actually, uh, I wanted to say another thing that why it reminded me of Dark Souls is because uh, the player has like a low amount of, uh, they like emit, they're a light source, which is a, a classic Dark Souls thing of like you emit a tiny amount of light everywhere you go. So I, I think that partially contributed to why it looks, to me, it, it like the visuals really reminded me of of uh, of Dark Souls. Hmm. Um, so, huh. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, so one thing I, I was just started doing is, uh, trying to name like a PlayStation or nineties era game that it seemed like, uh, the various games were, uh, a touch point for, um, mm-hmm. I felt like I could do it for most of them. Um, another one that I, I just barely looked at, I didn't really play was a place forbidden. Uh, mm. it's like about, um, uh, the, you're exploring this like library, uh, that's like in many places it's described as being in many places at once that one hmm. uh it's sort of like um like uh cthulhu themes like uh you've discovered something you're not supposed to i thought it could be a little bit inspired by eternal darkness sanity's requiem do you ever uh <laughs> play this game I, I did not. Eternal Darkness Sanity's right. That doesn't yeah. even sound familiar so to me. It has a little bit of a reputation because it uh it plays with it's it was sort of like um like uh Metal Gear Solid in the way that it plays with your interface, like mm. uh making you think that your computer your TV's turned off. Yeah, it loads uh, up my save file. Yeah, I never uh. played it the whole way through, but a friend of mine uh, it tricked him into deleting his entire save file. Uh, yeah, he, he was, he's a little older than me. So this was like, what was this on the PlayStation one? Uh, pretty sure or PlayStation huh. two, maybe let's see. Eternal darkness game. Uh, Oh, Oh no. GameCube. Um, oh, okay. that's funny. Huh? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, I've never heard of this. Yeah. Uh, but a few of the other games we've, uh, we've talked about, um, uh, so Heartworm is obviously uh, Resident Evil, Silent Hill. That's like mm. confirmed. Uh, I think uh, Effigy is kind of like generic uh, '90s shooter. Maybe Quake. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I thought it, I liked that there were um, uh, the the many of them. It wasn't just like uh, they they were really like revisiting um, the entire like experience of uh, like PlayStation era games, not just like mm-hmm. you know the the graphical aesthetic. Um, sure, sure. Yeah, I think I think these games do a good job. I mean, that uh, Neko Yume was a, a good example of that, where the giving the weird control scheme didn't necessarily make the game better, but it certainly <laughs> made it uh, uh, more interesting and more reflective of the the PS one era. I think these games were definitely um, well curated in that. Uh, none of them felt like super cheap, um, you know, sort of uh, evocations of uh, PlayStation aesthetic. Um, I thought I thought they were all pretty good. Um, and also, actually, we, we already talked about this game briefly. I wanted to 
give one shout out to Orange County for being the the most realistic skateboarding game of all time. Because uh, <laughs> if you drive off the curb, you crash. You you are no longer on your skateboard. You crash. <laughs> yes, which that's true. N- never happens in skateboard games, and <laughs> constantly happens anytime you're on a skateboard. Is you get uh, knocked over by the tiniest, the seemingly the tiniest rock possible, yeah. or smallest little lip. Uh, yeah. If you don't I, so jump over how much it. did you play that game? I just played until I died, which happened rather quickly because I I was like, what happens if I just stand in front of this cop car? And sure enough, yeah. it hits you and kills you. And yeah, then, I died a handful of times. I tried. So basically, you're like finding these glowing vending machines and then you'll like put a dollar in and something will come out. Mm. Um, and so I assume you're supposed to get all of them. I think one time I got three or four of them and then. Uh, just controlling it was kind of frustrating. It was like tank controls, first person skateboarding, yeah. which is uh, not the most intuitive thing in the world, which again, feels like <laughs> early uh, polygonal games, you know, feels very PS1. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, sure. I got hit by a car that I didn't see. And so I was kind of like, all right, I think I'm, uh, I'm, I'm mm. out of here. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, I don't think um, I had any other games that I uh, played that I wanted to talk about, but I did just want to, uh, I, I only briefly talked about Dread Delusion, but I did just want to uh, shout out again how, that was another one that I played uh, from start to finish, and it was the one that had the timer, uh, you know, uh-huh. you, so important to you. Um, <laughs> uh, the timer that I held so dear. Uh, but I just, the the world building for that one was so good. Uh, there's they you like live in this this like world that seems like it's some sort of like theocracy where uh, there's this being called the clockwork god that like rules as uh, as oh, emperor. I remember reading this description. Yeah, it's got like some sort of it's god. it's kind of like an interestingly like um like uh, medieval but also like um like robotic. Uh, almost sci-fi themes and then just the world like just looking at it i was immediately like sucked in there's like the sky is like reddish pink and there's an this enormous like ball of purple light uh off in the distance that some of the characters allude to it as being the neutron star not really sure what that is but it's implied that it's gonna you're gonna find out later there's all these Mm -hmm. uh journals from like people who are like uh opposing the government and like things that are happening to them and like this family that their uncle died and then they got rounded up by the secret police and, and just wow. all this stuff. It was like, so how, how many minutes did you, were you allowed to play? Like um, five or 10, 20 at most. Oh, I, I wow. wasn't actually, okay, keep, see you. I wasn't actually keeping track, but it wasn't that long. Um, but uh, I was just like, I was like blown away. I was just like, holy shit. There's a whole, there is a real narrative, uh, here. And I, sure. I was really, uh, uh, intrigued to to get the rest of it um huh nice yeah. well cool to hear uh sounds like it was a good one i it seems like uh you know there will be a, f- a full game coming out hopefully so i guess we'll have to keep an eye out for that uh did you have any other comments before we close our on out i uh, know that was that was all i had so let's um let's talk about our game for next week uh, so next week we're going to be talking about a uh, maybe not next week. Oh, you're right. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll be traveling internationally uh, uh, soon. We'll By the gone. time you're hearing this, I'll be in. Uh, well, where will I be? To- Tokyo or Kyoto? I'm going to Japan, uh, so I'll be gone for like ten days. So 
Uh, long time. Definitely going to miss at least one episode, maybe two. We'll see on when I get back. Um, but anyway, uh, but the, the next game time you playing. hear us, yeah, there you go. If a week is a unit of episode rather than a unit of time, uh, our next week's episode is going to be uh, another sock po- collective game. Uh, unit of episode. Sorry, I'm caught up on that. <laughs> Don't think about it too hard. I uh, won't. Uh, uh, they're the the game design collective that we've um, whose work we've uh, visited a few times. Uh, we're playing another of their games. Uh, this one is called Featherfall. Uh, it's a Souls like RPG about a bird leaving its nest um, that we're gonna play. Uh, so um, if you'd like to uh, get a link to that game. Uh, you should follow us on Twitter uh, at EdgeGuardCast. Uh, that's where we uh, leave, uh, send out links to uh, games we play as well as news about the podcast. Uh, it's also where we um, uh, tweet out the Twitter handles of the creators, give them credit for the games we play. And then it's also um, where if you have recommendations for games you'd like us to play, uh, where you can uh, uh, you can send them to us there. So... Um, Go ahead and follow us at Edgeguard Cast Featherfall uh, next time, uh, probably two weeks from now. Uh, and uh, with that, we will talk to you uh, later.